This is the Content Creator Society, an organization that exists to unite and empower all content creators through inspiration and education. Each week, we bring you insights from content creators from around the world that will inspire you, educate you, and entertain you. We're all in this together. I'm Bonner Bulger. What do you dream about doing? If there was something you could be doing right now, like if you could drop everything and do this one thing for the rest of your life, what would it be? This is a question that I think everybody's thought about from time to time. But life usually gets in the way and we end up doing what we do and dreaming of what we'd like to do. For Jacob Pospershinsky, he decided that he'd like to spend more time with his Porsche. From humble beginnings participating on car forums, Jacob turned his passion into a streamlined YouTube channel releasing weekly shows about his Porsche 993. And while building subscribers on YouTube, he also was building a significant Instagram following. So the question is, how do you turn your passion into a community of fellow enthusiasts? Well, let's find out. Hello, everybody. Today on the show, we've got Jacob Poshpershinsky, otherwise known as 911% on Instagram and on YouTube. Hello, Jacob. Welcome to the show. Hey, Bonner. Thanks so much for having me. This is awesome. Okay. So I've known you for quite a while, but why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself and, uh, and the channels that you, uh, you develop content for? Yeah, for sure. So my name is Jacob as you said, and I am the founder and creator of 911%, which is a niche automotive channel with a community of about 30,000 plus uh, engaged followers and subscribers on, uh, as you said, Instagram and YouTube. Um, so I'm sharing original photos, videos, and daily stories uh, in all types of media about my Porsche uh, ownership experience with my two 911s that I have, um, uh, what it's like to own them, drive them, enjoy and, and all that kind of stuff. So uh, basically, I bring my communities along on these Porsche adventures uh, from two distinct perspectives. And I think this is what kind of sets me apart from other creators out there. Um, you know, I give a, a, a very 360 kind of overview in, into ownership. So one perspective is with a newer daily driven 911. And then I also have another perspective with an old classic air-cooled 911. So it's, uh, it's been a lot of fun. The channel was started in late 2016. Um, and uh, it's, you know, like I said, it's just been a complete riot building and developing uh, a real relationship with people all over the globe who share the same Porsche passion. A little bit. Tell me a little bit about the side hustle and the challenges of building a, a uh, brand and a um, organization around, uh, you know, part time work, essentially. Oh, for sure. So I. Side hustle is a really kind of gritty way to put it. I, I like to kind of maybe look at look at it more as as a hobby. You know, I, I think this whole thing kind of birthed from um, being a car guy and and kind of you know being a shade tree mechanic and kind of you know wrenching on my cars uh, on the driveway since I was a kid, um, and you know it just kind of transformed into Porsche ownership. So I think it's more of a hobby than than a side hustle, but it certainly has been challenging to grow it to what it is today, having that. 
at the same time, I was busy working full time um, with my with my day job, which uh, just so you guys know, was I was always involved in in advertising in Toronto and um, on the creative side. So this was a hobby that that nicely kind of crossed paths over with my professional life because nine eleven percent after a while really became. Uh, an outlet for me, a creative outlet for me to uh, test new things, uh, learn how to storytell, learn how to uh, how to create uh, uh, films, um, just all of these new skills that uh, that I could really hone and um, uh, and use in my professional life. So it was really cool how how the two worlds of this hobby kind of intertwined with my professional life. But uh, but yeah, it was certainly difficult. I mean, you know, working forty hour weeks or fifty hour weeks in advertising. Actually, this is a very conservative number of hours a week I would work. But also on this on the other side, you know, I'd be pulling twenty thirty hours learning how to edit, learning how to or from mistakes or uh, uh, pre-producing, uh, uh, you know, all of my 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 YouTube uh, videos. So it was uh, it was a lot of fun. But looking back now that you say it was difficult, certainly difficult. Yeah, for sure. And were there what do you did you have goals when you first started nine one one percent? So you know, this is a this is like you mean just from from the perspective of just being on, on social media in general, or just like as an end goal of some sort of like business behind it. Either or, I mean, you know, business related and or, yeah. you know, or, or, or social goals. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it got a lot of traction because the, the thing is, is because I came from a forum community, uh, the forum that I used to frequent a lot was called Renlist.com. It still exists out there. It's a huge community of Porsche owners from around the world. So when I moved over to social, I kind of brought a bunch of people with me. So um, it just started getting a lot of traction. So it was cool from the perspective you know, wow, I'm getting kind of a little bit popular. This is, you know, people like my stuff. People are listening to what I'm saying. So from that perspective, you know, that's that's just that kind of natural human addictive quality of social media, right? Like you just kind of keep going just because there's there's traction and things are happening. But uh, from a business perspective, you know, again, because it came from a hobby hobby part of my heart, you know, it was never really anything that um, I had any real strong... Um, uh, goals or plans to monetize. Um, obviously, it kind of monetized as things kind of unfolded, um, and uh, and that's been great. But um, but yeah, there was never you know I'm not selling parts. I'm not selling um, anything really with my content. I'm just um, yeah um, influencing a little bit, obviously, and then you know obviously with with the amount of eyes I get on my my content, there's there's ad revenue as well. So I noticed that you have a sponsor in your YouTube channel or your recent videos. Is that something that's that's relatively new, correct? Uh, like you? I, yes. Uh, well, no. So I've always been doing so, and you know, this is something that I'm sure we're going to talk about a lot later. But authenticity. So I've been doing influence work and and sponsor work uh, for years now. So I've been working with a bunch of parts suppliers, uh, a few dealerships here and there um, that you know um, use my community uh, so that I can speak to my community and sell their their their, their products or or whatever, um, or even just as an awareness piece. Uh, uh, for them, so that always existed, but I, I think I was always trying to frame it and be as authentic as possible. So it was never like, "Hey, this is an advertisement, you know, shop here." It's always like, "Hey, I'm using the service. It's pretty cool. You know, maybe you want to do it too." So, 
just trying to be a little bit softer with the message. How did that first come about for you when you first started doing some, you know, um, influencing arts or or sponsorship? So, you know, again, because I wasn't overly aggressive, um, and maybe this is a fault uh, now that I kind of look back, but um, because I was never aggressive, it, it just kind of came to me or fell into my lap. But I think as the time progressed and, um, and, and in the current time, I mean, you know, I've got a rate card, I've got, uh, you know, it's a little bit positioned a little bit more um, as, a, as a package for, for brands. And was it someone who reached out to you? I, it sounds like that was probably the case. Yeah, I mean, you know how Instagram works, right? Like people buy cars on Instagram. So, you know, it was certainly a DM kind of situation. And um, also, you know, being that I've been around also, not just um, online, uh, on social, but, you know, attending... Uh, events, Porsche events all over, um, you know, even locally, uh, cars and coffees and stuff like that. Like people approach you face to face as well, uh, being very interested in, you know, micro or uh, micro influencer or, or influencer work. So um, yeah, happens, happens often. Is it a situation where you could see yourself taking this all on full time as, you know, a, um, as your full time job? There's definitely it's uh it's one of those things where it's the amount of effort you put in is where you're going to get out of it so just like like it's not just me personally but i think any anybody out there that has any kind of online presence uh, on social uh kids absolutely definitely take take uh something like this on full time um but it's you know it would be a big big hustle i think um and i guess everyone's situation is different but yeah for sure that'd be awesome I guess the, the, the question that most people have in this space is, you know, it's people who don't have millions and millions of, you know, followers and are able to, you know, make $50,000 off of one post and all that kind of stuff is, is it financially viable? Um, and what does it really take to make this job of creating content financially viable? So you see that there is an opportunity in your case that it could become financially viable. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think gone are the days of just um, like nice looking content. I think content today needs to be um, a lot smarter and and um, push buttons and get reactions and and really engage with communities. And and I think you know something that I do really well. I feel is is my content has great stories or or really authentic and and cool stories. And I think there's definitely a market for that. I think especially in the current you know, situation and the world of people being, you know, more reclusive or like just, you know, contained in their homes. Um, you know, I think selling products will need to sell products in a way where I think people need to show people, other people how the products work and, and, and influencer marketing is going to be the next big, big thing, I think, still. Yeah. So that's my opinion on that, I think. Did you, um, I noticed that you have, uh, you've got YouTube and you have Instagram and you've done an amazing job of, you know, developing an authentic and engaged community on both those platforms. But then there's not really a Facebook and there's really not a um, Twitter or, or Pinterest or, you know, name your other flavor. Um, I guess you'd advocate for just focusing on a few, few uh, points of distribution as opposed to, you know, um, all points of distribution. 
I think so. I think it's, you know, I think um, if you hear anybody else speak about this as well, they'll tell you the same thing. I think, you know, I've been just basing, basically been planning or putting my chips on on the places where I think would uh, would resonate with my community specifically the most. And, you know, being that, you know, my, my niche topic is, you know, fancy, shiny Porsches. Um, most of the consumers for that kind of content uh, live in the Instagram space specifically, but also you know, on YouTube. Um, most of my YouTube content was uh, technically oriented. So, you know, I do have a, a whole bunch of, you know, coverage of events and stuff like that. But I think the most traction or the most valuable um, content on my YouTube channel are more technical stuff. So, you know, I just can't see that living anywhere else. Um, I tried TikTok recently. I mean, just to get in with the times. Um, I just don't know if I'm funny enough for that. Um, Twitter, I feel like is, you know, unless maybe that's something that I can expand to if it was just um, creating a, a different kind of content. Like I, I tried just to basically repost Instagram on Twitter and it, and it wasn't getting too much traction. Hmm. Yeah. I just don't think it's the right space. You know, maybe if I was like sharing something really specific, Twitter would work, but like, uh, you know, tips or something that's like a weekly syndicated or like a, a serialized kind of thing, maybe, but I'm just not sure. So, yeah, I put all my chips on Instagram and, and YouTube. YouTube for the eternal thing and Instagram because it's hot. So, what would you, you know, what would one piece of advice that you might give to someone, either someone who is thinking of getting into the business of creating content or someone who may already be in the business, um, what's that one piece of advice that you'd like to let other people know? That are just getting started. Mm. Well, um, you know, I think the answers will be, be mildly different when speaking to, like, say, a brand or a business versus, uh, you know, one for an individual. Um, but I think something that kind of cross-pollinates between both of those social presence um, would be communicating, like like whatever you're communicating needs to be as authentic as possible. I think authenticity will cut through the clutter. We'll see a lot more content being uh, created now that people have more time on their hands. And I think if there's a message or if there's anything that you're sending out there, um, it has to be authentic. And it also, secondly, has to be consistent. It's, uh, you know, it's consistency, I think, is monumental and a success for social presence as well. Um, I think these demand consistent, great content. So I think those two things, if you can be authentic and be consistent, you, you'll definitely get some traction. All right. And then the last question on my list here is what is your favorite piece of hardware or software you use and why? Oh, man. You're going to hate me for this because I think you're expecting me to pull out some like wicked piece of tech. Um, but I think for me, the most valuable tool that I have um, had in my arsenal, creating media for social, I think from and something that hasn't changed, despite that, you know, I've been doing this for five years and there's been a, a big shift in um, electronics and what you know, with, especially with like, you know, DGI and what's available today versus what was available in, in uh, 2017. But um, my most valuable tool, I have to say, is my notebook. Um, I really love uh, visualizing my ideas, uh, especially from a storytelling perspective. I like to storyboard. I like to write down ideas. I like to have kind of like 
a working book that I that I use. Um, I think a, a big part of what kind of kept me sane with the amount of work that it takes to create content uh, for all this time, especially for YouTube, is putting all my ideas in one spot and being really prepared and produced before kind of, you know, quote unquote, winging it out there with a camera and, 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 and filming and, and creating stuff. So notebook for sure. All right. And where can people find you online? So I've got uh, definitely Instagram is probably the most um, definitely Instagram. I mean that's where I'm the most active, and uh, people can DM me. Uh, feel free to DM me. Uh, my handle is nine eleven percent, and percent is spelt out uh, for those of you who uh, yeah. So P E R C N T nine eleven percent, and also on YouTube. Um, not as active there anymore. However, yeah, like I said, Instagram's the best place to catch me. All right. Well, thank you very much for uh, your time and good luck uh, with your TikToks. I'm sure they're going to be amazing. I don't know about that, but, uh, but thank you so much. I, uh, you know, it's, it's, yeah, I wish I was funnier and I wish I knew what all this music was. I'm so old, but anyway, I'll give it a shot. All right. Thanks a lot. See you later. See ya. I'd like to thank Jacob Boschbrzezinski for taking the time to speak with us. You can follow him on Instagram at 911%. So that's 911-P-E-R-C-E-N-T. And subscribe to him on YouTube, also at 911%. Audio production of the Content Creator Society is by Justin Dama. Original music, also by Justin Dama. Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll see you next week. Music